When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. another episode of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our shows. And if you can, please give us a five-star review, which is probably more shots than the Lakers hitting in the third quarter. But if you can, go ahead and do that. Please do so. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us right here at the Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, of course, the great folks at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. And also the wonderful folks at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network, which has an outstanding array of basketball podcasts just waiting for you. And if you go ahead and can support any of these causes, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, the Lakers coming off a very gritty week, as Jamie himself said earlier this week in regards to the two overtime wins, looking like it was going to be something very good for the Lakers heading into halftime with a five-point lead over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Defense was not too bad heading into halftime. And then the third quarter happened. And I'll just leave it with this. It is one of the most embarrassing, incredibly bad, and horrible third quarters I have ever seen in my entire life from the Lakers. Just truly a horrid display as they got outscored by the 3-7, and seven, now 4-7 and seven Minnesota Timberwolves, 40-12 to 12 in a very embarrassing third quarter. And it led to basically up to a 30, 32. I, I lost count of 34. I think they were up at one time by 34, the Timberwolves were. And the Timberwolves just basically put in the cruise control in the fourth quarter as they beat the Lakers and destroyed them in the second half, 107-83. And here today to talk about the game, I mean, we could always talk about the first half. The first half was very competitive. The Lakers looked pretty good, especially on the defensive end. Shooting was a little suspect, but then again, the bottom fell out on the second half. But here today to talk about the entire game is a good man indeed. You got to catch his latest article, which is available right now at Lakerholics.com. Please be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com, where you will see his latest article on why breaking up the superstar big three could be a smart move for the Lakers. 
boy, I would love to say so much about that. <laughs> it is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Great to have you back. Thank you for your patience this week and allowing Joe Sorrell to step in. We had to have him come in on for Wednesday, so I appreciate you allowing him to step in. But unfortunately, you had to come in on the day where the Lakers just absolutely sucked in the third quarter. You can't. You just can't. You know, Nobody got injured. You know? It was, you know, the Lakers. We're Laker fans, so what? What you know? That this is the thing. You can't separate out only watching the wins and not watching the losses. You know. Oh, we're and here for frankly, all of them. And frankly, one of the reasons why we appreciate the wins so much is because of the agony we go through in the losses. We bookended two overtime wins with a pair of totally yeah, and, disastrous. And that's one of the things I want to ask you: horrible which is games. Worse? Which is worse, the, the the full game effort that we saw or lack thereof on Saturday or the third quarter of the night or this one? <laughs> Which one's worse, in your opinion? I think it's this one because they had a chance to win and they were leading in the at halftime. No, you know, I would I would probably say the other game because that was the whole game against the Trailblazers. Here we played, we really we really held our own for three quarters, but we lost forty to twelve in the third quarter. That's a 28-point turnaround, you know? I mean, that was the game. That was the game right there in the third quarter. And Carl Anthony Collins was unconscious. I mean, you know, a couple of the shots that he put in there. You know, it's funny because uh, I thought in the start of the game, the first half, for example, I thought that Anthony Davis really did a great job defensively on him. Um, And he really held him down, you know? And it was kind of funny. It was... It was almost that whole incident where I'm not sure what you call that play that Anthony made to try to break free at the end there from from uh, uh, or the, that Carl uh, Anthony Towns tried to pull there, you know. But it was definitely looked like a shot to the groin in order to you know just get even after getting bumped on the drive, you know. Um, but ever since that point, to Cat's credit, you know, he was the better player. You know, I mean, we know the guy is an uber-talented guy, and he hasn't been able to, you know, pull his team through. And, you know, they lost six in a row for a guy. You know, it's not like, you know, it's not like anybody would expect this to come out of left field the way that it did. But, you know, you see more and more of it with with everybody, you know, in the league. The teams just seem to... You know, it seems to be early in the season, and and maybe maybe it's because we've gone through two COVID seasons that have been so wacky and and different that we don't remember that this was, you know, like four or five years ago or six years ago or seven years ago, how different it is for the first few games of the season, you know, and we're still really, we're now uh, seven and six, so 13 games into the season, and we're missing a lot of players, you know. I mean, I've been waiting for AD to start at five for how long? You got your wish tonight. I got my wish, but, you know, I looked at that lineup and I said, geez, we're really going to play small ball because you got six foot four power forward in a small ball with Anthony Davis, who doesn't really like to play the five and, and, you know, and, Ellington, you know, I mean, it was just a crazy starting lineup. And it was almost like what Frank was trying to do is say, you guys have been complaining about DeAndre Jordan so much. So take this, you know, I'm going to put, I'm going to put a team out there without a second center and we'll see how we do, you know, 
you know, I almost felt Frank was doing that, you know, sort of a, you know, a screw you move, you know, let's see what, what can happen out here. Uh, most likely he was probably just experimenting with a situation and, but I mean, it's almost like sometimes the guy is really actually, actually working to try to jinx any opportunity for Anthony Davis to play the five. It's weird. You know, what can I do? What can I do? Let's see. Why don't, why don't I put Russ and Rondo out there with him at the same time, you know, but you know, it is just one game. Even if you have a stinker like this late in the season or in the middle of the season, as opposed to the 13th game of the season, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's just one of those games where you just got to flush it and move on because there was a point where that game was hopeless, where they could not miss a three. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, they, they were obviously willing to, you know, every, every team, I mean, I, somebody posted a, a, a post on Twitter that said something like that. They were just surprised finally that teams are, it was one of the, one of the celebrity people that are always reporting on the Lakers. They were surprised that teams were always trying to give the Lakers their best shot. It's like, where have you been the rest of your whole life? You know? I mean, that's the typical situation. Every team comes out. This is their Super Bowl for a certain. They get to come to Staples Center and play under the bright lights, and they know the game's going to be televised. Uh, it's going to get national coverage and so forth. And so they have their opportunity. And uh, surprisingly, you know, it's it's just amazing. I mean, we're seven and six, and four of the losses, to be honest, should have been wins, you know. It's it's two games that we just totally collapsed completely. And both of those games were without LeBron and then the two overtime wins with LeBron. It's probably, to be honest, probably a fair reading of of how much progress we've made and how much progress we still have to make in the challenge of learning to win when LeBron's not on the lineup, you know. We obviously took a step back today after a couple of good steps forward, you know, maybe two steps back considering how badly we got our butts whipped. But on to the next game. We've got back-to-back games, I think, Sunday and Monday, right? That's correct. You have a game Sunday at the Staples Center with San Antonio. But, you know, when you look at the box score and you see 22 points, three block shots, three steals, eight rebounds, 7 to 13, 8 to 10 from the free throw line from Anthony Davis. You think to yourself, well, that's a really good game. That's not too mm-hmm. bad. That's not too shabby for him. But it seems to be consistent now where he is being outplayed by Cat, as we saw in that amazing third quarter from him. The previous game where Butler, he got out of the game with an injury and Bam Adebayo took over and completely outplayed Anthony Davis in that second half. And we're seeing that a little bit more often. And AD is supposed to be that individual player, one of the greatest 75, one of those great individuals who's supposed to bring so many talents. And you see it in the box store that he's not doing that bad. He's actually having a pretty decent season right now, 24 mm-hmm. points. No, he's, he's, getting, uh, he's uh, in the top 10 in, in numerous categories. And, yeah. and you know, it. I just don't feel that he's making the impact in the game that I think he needs to be making. I think it's just the case that we just didn't have enough with him. You know, I mean, I listened to Pete Zayas and Darius Sariano's podcast the other day, and they were talking about how great the Lakers shooting was. And the theme of the podcast was that, well, we've got three guys that if you can pretty well count that one of these three guys is going to go off for us and have a good game, 
those three guys were were obviously Carmelo Anthony, who's shown that he can do it, and then Malik Monk, who's who's come along really well and shown he could do it. But they'd sort of elevated Wayne Ellington into that spot based upon his last couple of games, thinking that you know we've got three guys who who let's say frankly are superior shooters to anybody we had last year. Okay. Well, tonight, Ellington got six points. Carmelo got three points and was one for 12 and one for eight from three. Malik Monk got seven points. None of them even hit double digits. I I can see with Melo and and Ellington. So next man, next man, it was next man down, not next man up. Well, again, with those two, I think age still has to come into factor. Ellington's coming off the injury and he's still getting it rounding into shape with Carmelo, I think it's the fact that you played him in consecutive overtime games and the fact, you know, this is where you see where the 37, yeah. we talked about it before when we were joking about it before. Well, it's not a three out of four or four out of five or yeah. five out of six guy, you know, we'd yeah. love for him to be that way. But it's not a 37. Yeah, you can't... So he was like a two out of three guy. So, I mean, hey, we'll take him as a two out of three guy. Um, but, but the defense but, is but also. Basically, nobody else stepped up. Nobody else, nobody else stepped up to take the place that Mello had taken. And to be honest, the team got their butts kicked and got dispirited. They quit, you know? This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Similar to what we saw in well, Portland. But... It was, no, it's not that the effort wasn't there. It was sort of like when you get knocked out. Well, you the know, energy, you're, the body you're language. By 30, and at that point, you're behind by 30, and there's not enough time to come back. Is one quarter to come back. Yeah, well, it was pretty that well second, written off. Well, again, they were ahead at the half and going in. You know, it's not just, yeah. uh, you know, we were seen with. Well, we've had we horrible see... stats. We've had horrible stats at the start of the third quarter all season long. Again, it's a situation where at the start of the third quarter, we see a lot of teams in the NBA do this, where they give up that lead. They take the score, they get outscored right. six or eight points in a row. Usually the coach will have to take a quick timeout, and that will get the game back into gear where it becomes well, Frank a normal. Frank I'm out a minute or 30 into it, yeah. but we and, already given and up it still eight didn't points. Have, it still didn't we work. Three, we were behind by three, Red. We were ahead by five going into the starting the second half. Well, defensive, defensively, the Lake, the Lakers in that second half were, were atrocious. And the way they were going ahead and, and being able to not get on the ball, not stay on the ball, and allowing so much to happen offensively for the Minnesota Timberwolves, was, that was the most disappointing part for me. I mean, after seeing, starting but, to see know, a step they, forward. The Timberwolves, were, the Timberwolves were due, basically, man. When you go 0 for 6 
and you got guys like Edwards and guys like like Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, they've got some great players on that team. You know, they're young. They're an NBA team, man. They beat us. They beat us good, you know. But you say that, and you, we could also say the same thing about Portland. They were due last yeah. week, and then Oklahoma City. Due Why twice do you think that that? Do you think tonight's game changes your 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 whole attitude toward the Lakers for the season? It's a disappointing loss, but it doesn't change anything. I mean, I still think the Lakers' big problem right now is they have too many injured players out, and LeBron James is missing. I even think what what they have is still problematic because again on the defensive end mm-hmm. it's still a mess uh, and we're seeing the well, effects. Well, but it's of that. improving. It's improving. Uh, you know, I mean, they 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 gave up forty points in that quarter, but all of the other quarters were under twenty five, under twenty three points. So you know that that's not bad defense. It's you know and you know and every team goes through these stretches where they don't they aren't willing themselves to. It's almost like they understand that this is an 82 game schedule, man. And, and hey, man, we're on game 13. And God, what do we do? We came out, we came out totally flat. I mean, it's like that whole thing of why, why, if you're a professional athlete and you're, you, you know, the, that being an elite competitor has been one of the traits that has gotten you into the league and, and put you into position financially to have a secure for your family and so forth. And, how can you come out flat in a game? And the reason is because there are 82 of those things every year, you know. There are only eight games a year. Everybody would come out primed and ready to go probably in every game. Uh, probably not. There'll probably be one one game when they won't still, you know. But with 82 games, you know, and when you're a team like the Lakers, even even when you should be the underdog in a sense because you're so beat up and and, and you've got so many missing key failures, but you come out flat and, and they just did it after they just did it after a big article, several articles that were coming out saying, you know, wow, the Portland Portland series really turned things around for the Lakers. And then they turned around and and, and dropped Portland 2.0, you know. What they laid half an egg. You can't say they laid a full egg because, again, they were leading <laughs> at halftime. But you can say they laid pretty much an egg in the well, second. Well, you know, at least it, doesn't, it doesn't matter how you mix the omelet at the end if it's not edible, you know, and it's uh, you're going to still throw it down into the trash and, and flip the lid. Um, so there's not much you can say about this game. I mean, I kind of, you know, I mean, what what was what was behind Frank's mind for changing the lineup like he did? Maybe he thought the matchup you know, would be better with 80 at the five. Or maybe it was that he really, he really felt just like, just like the Laker Film Room podcast guys felt that, that Ellington is really starting to show, you know, that professional shooter quality that the Lakers have, have been missing. And he could be the second guy, or in this case, maybe the third guy with Malik Monk that, gives the Lakers some elite shooters that they haven't had in the past. Monk's more of a scorer than a shooter, but uh, but definitely Ellington is, quote, supposedly the professional three-point shooter, you know, the guy who's uh, who can reposition himself real well. I, I haven't seen that, but, it, you know, I haven't seen him do the type of stuff I keep reading that he does, repositioning himself like Steph Curry and so forth. But so, you know, that that's my only questions about really what happened tonight and, and is, you know, what, what was the whole modus operandi for why Frank made some of those decisions? Why not to play DeAndre? Was it almost like he was 
taunting, you know, taunting Laker fans on Twitter, you know, about all of their disdain for DeAndre Jordan's value as a starter. And it's funny because the numbers are not terrible with DeAndre overall. And in fact, for the first quarter, they're actually fairly good. It's the third quarter with DeAndre that we've been getting killed. And now we find out that, well, that third quarter malaise is not limited just to DeAndre. So now DeAndre Jordan would not have changed anything in that second. Yeah. No, I think he just, the Lakers came out for whatever reason. And it could be, it could be a serious reason, but the chances are probably a hundred to one that it's just team coming out flat just because it's, you know, for whatever reasons, maybe individual guys had problems that day with their families and maybe other guys just, Maybe they don't like that Wilson ball as well as they like that Spalding ball. Maybe and, it's uh, playing two overtime games back to back and having the oldest team in the league. Could be something like that too, or or the, the fact that we're missing six guys and you know, and still the oldest team in the league and played two yeah, straight overtime yeah, games. Right, that's true. And the team that knows that they're not going to be at their best right now, and they're just sort of like, let's get healthy. Let's get out uh, there. Can... Let's not kill ourselves, but let's let's. That's, you know, it. they didn't, it, let me put it this way. They didn't approach it like a playoff game. I mean, man, they, you don't come out totally flat like that in the third quarter of a playoff game. Actually, sometimes the Lakers have done that. In other yes, teams they have. have. You know, it's, so it's, I don't want to remind you. It's, it's terrible human nature that, that sometimes you get cocky. But, you know, but you think about it when you, when you think about the, the personal biodynamics of five, players or seven or eight players that are going to be the key in every game and which guys are having, which guys got out of bed the right way. And I, the ones that got out of bed on the wrong side of the bed and, you know, and you put those together and, and man, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes the good team comes out and doesn't, is not ready to play. And the, and the team that is this inferior team comes out and for whatever reason, they're, they're ready to go that day, you know? Cat's feeling good. Somebody else's who's, let's say, been dinged up, feeling healthy. And, and they come out and they have a game. And what's the common denominator to those types of situations is that everybody loves to beat the Lakers. Everybody gets up for the Lakers. And the problem is, is that if you got every team coming in, getting up for you, <laughs> and you don't get up, then you end up losing by 30. Well, it could be an additionally bad day for you with the way UCLA is playing right now. Oh, Gerald, I've got the game recorded, man. Okay. Oh. I'll just say, I'll just say, get ready to bite your nails. How about that? Oh, thank you. Okay, fair enough, indeed. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey Lakers fans, looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com, with a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. But before we head on out, <laughs> I didn't know you didn't have it. You didn't tell me. Well, when I'm watching the Laker game for the podcast, what do you think? 
I'm not going to be recording the UCLA game. You have two TVs. That's all. I figure you're Laker Tom. You have UCLA on one end. You have Laker. But okay, it's not over. And it it is nail biting time. I'll give you that. How about that? It's not over. Don't say anything more. I don't even want to look at this expression on your face. It's just. Okay. All right. What a spoiler. Gerald. I didn't know. Gerald. I didn't know. But anyways, before we head on out, you've got a great article that you did put out there that you can spoil. And that is on Lakerholics.com where you've done a little bit of a 180 where you're now asking and just throwing it out there. What if the Lakers did now break up the big three? One of the problems is this, that if the Lakers play the big three at the start of each game, each half and the end of each half, and one of those times when they'd have two superstars on the floor, or it would be great to have two superstars on the floor is because it's the middle of those middle minutes of the game or when the reserves play, the other team's reserves play and your reserves play. And so is it better? The question is, is it better to try to shoehorn Russell Westbrook into a lineup with two other superstars that's probably going to not have enough defenders and enough shooters just because they've got three superstars in the lineup and he only got five spots. Is that smarter or is it smarter maybe just to work the two-man combinations? Because if you get two-man combinations that you're dealing with two superstars, you got three other players that you can add in there. And that makes it easier for coaches like Vogel to put together the lineups. It's, it's definitely much more difficult to build a balanced offensive and defensive winning lineup that has enough shooting for spacing and, 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 protect, and, and defensive perimeter defense when you have just two superstars in the mix rather than three, because you've got that extra spot that you can do things with. That's the first scenario basically says that if you, if you, if you just start in the game and end the game with the three superstars and then everything in between, including all of the second and third quarters, you're playing two superstars on the court all the time. You can do that. And you've got enough superstars to do that. That's actually the full version of the option. Then there's the light version, which is basically saying that, well, let's not play Russell Westbrook at the start of or the end of games. Let's just play him in the middle of the games when, you know, when we have the two superstars on the court. And if you do that, you're only playing 24 minutes of Russ. So you've cut down Russ's time and you cut down on the turnovers and you hopefully, this is an off ramp, if you will, if, if the Russell Westbrook integration with LeBron and AD doesn't work as well as I think and hope it will work, but it's an interesting thing to look at because there is an argument, I think a very strong argument to me made that having two superstars on the court for all 48 minutes of the game may be, especially for this team, an easier fit and a better way to be successful than trying to maximize the minutes that you have all three superstars out there in the court just because we're losing the game in the minutes when LeBron is not in there, which are those minutes in the middle of the game, you know, when, when it'd be good to have two superstars on the court all the time so that we wouldn't lose those minutes. So it's just an example of looking at that situation and, uh, and thinking about it. And uh, uh, it would obviously have helped if we'd had a great game tonight and, you know, and, and with just two superstars, we showed that we were learning how to win, but, Sometimes you take a step back from where you take those steps forward. 
And I will say maybe it is now worth your time to watch the game. I'll say as far as that on the uh, recording. So I'll say it's, no more. Uh, Gerald, please. Yes. No. I'll spoil it for you a little bit more. It is now. Now uh, it's, it's a good game. It's worth <laughs> your time. How about I'll, how about I'll put it at that? Oh, so you want me to listen to a two-hour game here at uh, at, at ten thirty at night? Well, you can just fast forward it. There you go to the good parts. There no, you go. I hate fast forwarding games. I don't like that at all. Okay, well, get ready to bite your nails. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. But again, you could go ahead and check out his latest article today. It is again why breaking up the superstar big three could be a smart move for the Lakers. You forgot to add the the. But anyways, it is available. At headlines headlines have to fit those two lines. All right, all right. So, okay, it's like Twitter. Okay, there you go. You can take out that thing then. Yep. But it is Laker Tom at Laker Tom on Twitter, and also as well we're at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter. If you have any questions for us, it is once again the Lakers in a disappointing second half, especially that third quarter where they got killed forty to twelve. And they got pummeled by the Minnesota probably the worst quarter of the year, I'd say for sure. It's the worst quarter I've seen in in several years. That's all I'll say. And that's 107 to 83. It might be the worst quarter. It might be the worst quarter ever. 12, 40. 40. I can't remember anybody else scoring 40 on us. And I sure don't remember us scoring only 12. Well, I mean, there's probably been that type of differential before. Yeah. I mean, it's like a little of your worst quarter offensively and defensively. All together in one. That's a hard deal. That's a hard right. thing to say. This is this was Ger- really Gerald. Bad. It's okay, Gerald. It's okay. You don't have you know. It's you as you would say. It's just Lakers one game. It's just champions. one quarter. How about that? We can, it's just we can one still be quarter. champions tomorrow morning. Okay? okay. Well, the Lakers will come back. Hopefully, strong. They'll take it to heart like they did against Portland. Hopefully, they'll take it to heart and try to finish out this homestand, which I thought was going to go four and zero, but. Laker Tom could be right. They could go 3-1. Although I got the Miami yeah. game right, and he didn't. So we'll leave it at that. But well, I, is- I had I had switched over from 3-1 and one to 4-0 and oh after after we upset the Oh, anyways. So that, was it, that I had. I had a losing to the eight. All right. Well, it is Laker Tom. It is Gerald Glassford here. I want to thank you so much for watching and listening. It is the Lakers Fast Break. Please, if you have any questions for us, at Laker Tom on Twitter, at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Also check out the great five things article that Jamie Sweet has posted and all the great comments today at Lakerholics.com. But once again, the Lakers did get outclassed in the second half in that third quarter, especially 107-83. But we will be back hopefully with much better thoughts and opinions and hopefully a win for the Lakers on Sunday as they take on the San Antonio Spurs. And we'll be back to go ahead and do the post-game wrap-up for that game right here on Sunday night. So check it out, or Monday morning, wherever you get your podcasts, right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.